And welcome in to the third round reversal fantasy football podcast episode two. Brett Malamud along here with Zach Malamud. Zach, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm really excited for today's episode. As am I, as we are complete with our first episode and now episode two, ready to go. Free agency has come and gone. We talked a little bit about some of the guys that you can pick from the rookie draft. Uh, now we're talking a little bit about each division. We're going to go deeper into this as we get closer, obviously, to the NFL season. Training camp opens, and we got kind of get a little bit of a clearer picture uh, of who's number one pass catcher, number two, uh, things like that. But for the moment, we're going to go through the NFC East and the NFC North team by team and kind of just figure out who they lost, who they might have gained, uh, and give you guys a little bit of a preview of each team. So we start with the NFC East, and our first team is the team that ended their season with one of the most interesting plays in NFL history, I would say, with Zeke Elliott snapping the ball. It's the Dallas Cowboys. Now their outlook, they lose Ezekiel Elliott as they cut him. He is still a free agent, surprisingly. Thought he might have gotten picked up a little bit earlier. But instead, they're going to run with Tony Pollard at running back. They also bring in Brandon Cooks at receiver. And then at tight end, Luke Schoenmacher at tight end. They drafted him. And so, Zach, just give us a little bit about what you think the outlook on the Cowboys is. So I, I with the Cowboys, it's it's I think it's going to be a little bit different from last season. Of course, the duo of Tony Pollard as well as Ezekiel Elliott. You're not going to see too much of that. I think Tony Pollard's going to take a bulk of the carries as well as a bulk of the passing downs. Um, of course, Deuce Vaughn, the rookie out of TCU, or excuse me, out of Kansas State, is behind Tony Pollard for the Cowboys. Um, looking at wide receiver. It is a bit interesting. It's it's a bit crowded, I would say, uh, between C.D. Lamb, Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup, and, and of course, waiting for, for the upcoming of Jalen Tolbert. So it's a little crowded at wide receiver, but you would think C.D. Lamb's going to take a, a bulk of those targets from Dak Prescott. Um, C.D. Lamb actually finished sixth last year amongst all wide receivers in fantasy. Um, and, and Dak Prescott, of course, missed a couple of games. He finished 18th of, among quarterbacks. The thing about uh, Luke's uh, Schoenmacher, it, it's going to be interesting based on Dalton Schultz got a lot of targets when Dak Prescott came back in after injury. I don't think it's going to be a lot of the same because of how many options there are at tight end. Jake Ferguson, as well as Peyton Hendershot are both behind Schoenmacher. So it's going to be interesting um, how the Cowboys go about it. But but I do think it's going to be pretty normal of, of the top guys, Pollard and Lamb, are going, to, are going to do their thing, you would have to say, for the Cowboys. Yeah, first off, I think that it's pretty funny that you mentioned Jalen Tolbert. We were speaking about him the other day off stream a little bit and just kind of how, you know, the sky was the limit for him and he didn't really follow through. Uh, and so... You know, look for him to try to take a bit of a step forward this year uh, and try to beat out Gallup for that third position. Uh, Gallup is a little bit, you know, on and off uh, the last couple of years. He was injured and then he wasn't injured and then he was getting targets and then all of a sudden he disappeared. 
So it's a bit of an unknown with Gallup, which is why I think they really needed to make a move at receiver. Uh, and they did that in getting Brandon Cooks. Um, now, the impact of Brandon Cooks and whether or not he can get targets away from C.D. Lamb, I'm not sure about that. But I do think that where Schultz was getting some of those targets, they're going to try to use Brandon Cooks as that shorter yardage passing option for Dak. Um, you did mention Dak's injury from last year, and that kind of you know hindered the season a little bit. Uh, look for a fresh start from Dak, and I think that he'll be – you know, one of those, you know, borderline top 10 quarterbacks, uh, kind of like where he was last year projected. Um, and, you know, hopefully he can follow through on that. As far as the running backs go, uh, Tony Pollard, it's going to be the Tony Pollard show, you know, and we kind of talked about that as well last week, um, you know, with, with Deuce Vaughn and he'll kind of be in the mix. And then you have Ronald Jones as well, uh, who will get the, the carry every now and then, um, but for me, it's really going to be the C.D. Lamb show. Uh, you know, you talked about wide receiver six. He had 107 catches, just shy of 1,400 yards, nine touchdowns. All those were career highs. I think that if you have him in Dynasty, uh, you're pretty happy with that, um, especially, you know, when Dak went down, what the projections for C.D. actually did look like and what they ended up being. Um, I really think that this year he'll be able to, have some stability and and take another big step forward for himself uh, in the redraft leagues as well. Um, and then we talk, you know, we talk about Dak Prescott and, you know, again, it, we keep coming back to, will he be able to become this elite quarterback? Um, and he's right there on the bubble, but he can't seem to break it. Um, I'm not sure that this is the year that he's going to be able to do that. I do think that the Dallas Cowboys will be a good team though. Um, and he'll be able to get some wins. But from a fantasy fantasy perspective, I'm not sure that you're going to get that rushing upside that you might have hoped for just a few seasons ago. What do you think? I agree with you. I, I think when you look at Dak, you're not going to expect anything more than maybe like on the edge of top 10, but you're probably it's probably going to be more comfortable top 15 assuming for Dak, just based on there are a lot of other options. And, and of course, Dak is not the most mobile quarterback compared to some other quarterbacks in fantasy football. Um, so you're not going to get the mobility, but you are going to get the the production, obviously, out of the backfield. He's going to throw some check downs to, to Tony Pollard. And of course, C.D. Lamb's going to get his targets. Um, I, I, I look for for maybe a deep option for Dak Prescott and Brandon Cooks. I think that's more of what Brandon Cooks is is going to end up being there for. Um, so if that's the case, of course, you're going to get some some big plays from Dak Prescott. So talking about a quarterback who was pretty stable last year, and it's you know funny that we say that because heading into the year, we were kind of unsure of what was going to happen. Uh, we were talking just yesterday about our startup league in our dynasty, and Daniel Jones went in the 15th round. And so, you know, with the Giants, Daniel Jones really took a big step forward. Um, I'm sure that people who are doing dynasty startups are probably taking him in maybe even the fourth round or, you know, third round. And if it's a super flex, maybe even higher than that. Um, you know, so the New York Giants, they add Darren Waller to their group. And that was their big move of the year. Uh, Saquon is a questionable uh, whether he's going to return or not, he's going to hold out, you know, all those question marks, whether they're going to trade him. Um, but then they draft Jalen Hyatt um, and they bring in 
bring in some depth guys at receiver. So Zach, take us through the New York Giants. So the Giants, I mean, you look, you start off with Daniel Jones. He finished ninth among all quarterbacks last year, threw for over 3,200 yards. Uh, and it was a, a really impressive season from Daniel Jones, not one that we expected, like we said, Brett. Um, it, it's definitely going to be, uh, I think, another go around of that, especially with Brian Dable still in New York and coaching the Giants very well right now. For running back, it, it's, it's interesting because if Saquon Barkley is not in the lineup, it's very thin back there. Uh, of course, Matt Breida had a, a bunch of carries um, when Saquon needed a rest last season. They also add a rookie in Eric Gray. Um, but then looking at wide receiver, it's very crowded, very crowded. There, There's not really that number one option for the Giants. They have a ton of them um, with Wandell Robinson, Isaiah Hodgins. You mentioned Jalen Hyatt, but Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard. I mean, you go down the list. We're, we're even forgetting the new guys in Paris Campbell and Jamison Crowder. A lot of options. Daniel Jones is going to have a multitude of weapons. However, I don't think that's going to be a, a great option to go for the Giants wide receivers just based on there's so many guys that so many mouths to feed for Daniel Jones. And then lastly, you look at Darren Waller. He only played nine games last year for the Vegas Raiders, and it was a disappointing season, you would have to say, for him. I do think there's there's a lot of potential in this offense with Daniel Jones just based on you're going to need to throw throw checkdowns a couple of times. And especially if Saquon Barkley is not playing, you got to trust a tight end more than a, a backup running back in Matt Breida. Yeah. And, you know, with Waller, he's missed 14 games due to injury over the last two years. He had the knee injury. And then suddenly last year he had the hamstring injury. Um, if he can stay healthy, I totally agree with you. He's going to come back to being the Darren Waller that we all know and love. Uh, being one of those top five tight ends weekly, uh, scoring touchdowns and, and things like that. With Daniel Jones, I mean, we didn't know he can run as good as he can run. Uh, I think that Dable's really going to lean into that a lot more this year. So fantasy owners should be aware of that, uh, which is why I think he's going to go higher in a lot of those drafts. As far as the Saquon situation, I mean, we'll see. And I mean, nobody's really talking about it, but are they a potential Dalvin Cook destination? You know, if it comes to that, um, you know, Dalvin, even Zeke could be a potential fit there. Um, I think Saquon is going to end up playing there, though. He should be your regular, you know, second wave of, of running backs, um, you know, just just outside the top 10 in redraft leagues where he was last year, pretty much the same. Um, and I think he'll be as consistent as he was last year if he stays healthy, which, of course, is a Saquon Barkley question that we've uh, grown accustomed to over his career. Uh, as far as the pass catcher goes, I think Darren Waller actually is going to be the number one option. Um, but then as far as the number two option, it comes down to, you know, all those receivers that you listed. Uh, they drafted Jalen Hyatt and, you know, he might make a big impact. He's a very good deep threat. And so, you know, that might be that kind of role. Then you have Wandale Robinson, who I think, started out really promising and then kind of tailed off a little bit. And, and so if it's, it's one of those buy low guys for me from a trade perspective, if you're talking dynasty um, you know, maybe somebody wants to move up in the draft or something that that's a guy that you can target to trade for. 
Um, Cause I think not a lot of people were very high on him and he can have a significant role as almost that gadget kind of guy. Uh, Slayton was very good for them last year as well. Uh, and so I'd, I'd look for him to continue. And then, you know, you go down the list of the depth and we talked Paris Campbell, we talked Sterling Shepard, Jamison Crowder, uh, you know, it's just a bunch of guys. And so who can take that role? I'm not sure that all of them will end up on the team by when it's all said and done. Um, just from the salary standpoint and the way that the cap wor- works in the NFL, um, you know, and whether or not they can make a trade with another team for guys, or certain things like that. Um, but I think from your from your pass catching perspective, I would say Darren Waller one. I would say Wandell Robinson two, and then probably a mix of Hyatt and Slayton. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think it, it's probably Waller number one, and then you 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 could throw in really whoever you like uh, for number two and three. Um, but the Giants, they don't like to throw to wide receivers. Daniel Jones, none of them finished in the top fifty last year. Even the guys that joined the team in Paris Campbell and Jamison Crowder, nobody was in the top fifty. I mean, if that doesn't tell you, I mean, he's gonna throw it to the tight end more more than anything. Yeah, and I think a lot of Giants fans were really happy with uh, Kenny Galladay not being on the team anymore this year, um, giving him a bit of the Bronx cheer when he would take the field uh, just to take one route, whether he would get the ball or not, and then they would cheer for him when he when he ran off. So, you know, it, it looks a little more stable than it was last year, but again, that depth, um, it's not an island of misfit toys, but it's it's a lot of depth. Um, so now we, now we move over to a little bit of a – an unproven situation out in Washington. Uh, and they have Sam Howell taking snaps as the QB one right now. Yeah. And, and it's, it's quite an interesting debate of, of should Sam Howell be that guy and, and be the starter. Of course they have Jacoby Brissett behind him at quarterback. So that can be an option if, if he starts to struggle um, but it seems that Sam Howell is going to be the guy right now. And until he messes up, then then he's he's going to be QB one. Um, it's it's quite interesting. They have a, a, a fair amount of depth that running back. Uh, Washington does Brian Robinson, Jr., as well as Antonio Gibson. They added a rookie in, in Chris Rodriguez, Jr. They also have Jared Patterson out of Buffalo. He's a very speedy running back out of the backfield. So a crowded backfield. But you would think those two guys at the top of the list, Brian Robinson Jr., as well as Antonio Gibson, are going to lead the way for the Commanders this season. Then you look at wide receiver with McLaurin, Dotson, and Samuel. That trio was actually very successful last season. They they did a lot of good work towards the end of the season. Obviously, once Samuel got healthy, I mean, they were dishing it around to every single one of them. Jahan Dotson had a, had a pretty solid rookie year. And McLaurin just did what he did the past couple of years and continued to do that as the season went on. Um, so I think wide receiver, it pretty much stays the same from last year, those three guys, and they're going to get their targets here and there. And then you look at tight end and Logan Thomas, he got hurt last year. Um, so it was a bit of a struggle for him, but I do think the wide receivers are going to get a lot more targets. Like I said, McLaurin, Dotson and Samuel versus the tight end and Thomas. I agree. And I think that, you know, knowing how the style that Washington has played, they rely a lot on those, um, you know, the, the, the rollouts. And yeah. so I think Sam Howell, you know, he showed a bit of a, a mobility at UNC. We'll see if he translates 
he got one start last year in week 18. Um, you know, he was functional. He wasn't, you know, he was an ordinary quarterback, I would say. Uh, he went 11 for 19, 169 yards and a touchdown with an interception with that 26 to 6 win over Dallas. And so, you know, a very small sample size. But at the same time, you know, he's got a good set of weapons at receiver. And so they're going to try to put him in positions to make plays. Um, I think that Dotson does well this year. I think that McLaurin does well this year. Um, McLaurin kind of tailed off a little bit last year. And, you know, people were very high on him and he didn't exactly live up to that. Um, I think that he's going to have some lower expectations that he had, uh, which will allow him to hit those. And then as far as the running backs go, you know, the unfortunate situation with Brian Robinson last year didn't exactly let him get a proper uh, introduction to the league. He kind of got thrown in and everything was already happening. Uh, guys were more up to speed than he was. And so, you know, as far as the Robinson situation goes, I think that they're going to lean into him a little bit more on the run, which could, you know, spell bad for uh, for Antonio Gibson owners currently. Um, but, you know, it, it, right now it's almost like a 60-40 split. And so I think you kind of see the the little bit of the tear between, you know, it, maybe it goes 70-30 now. Um, I still think that Antonio Gibson holds that handcuff value, though. And so if you have Antonio Gibson, you know, you still want to hold on to him. And then as far as Logan Thomas goes, yeah, I mean, injuries is, is the bug. And so with him, you know, it, it could go either way. Uh, Hal would like to use his, his tight ends over at UNC. And so if he can, you know, integrate Logan Thomas as one of his favorite targets, then, you know, it's a guy that you might take a flyer on as a streaming option. Um, but I'm not sure how much more value Logan Thomas is going to have if he can't stay healthy. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, one thing that stood out, uh, I, Terry McLaurin obviously tailed off towards the end of last season. He still finished wide receiver 14 on the season. He was, he's still such a beast, even with a, a little bit of a drop off. He's a monster when it comes to fantasy. So definitely a guy to, to look out for in redraft leagues. I, I think it's a big year um, with Sam Howell, a quarterback. He's going to go to his number one option in Terry McLaurin. Yeah, and a guy who went to his number one option all season long last year was Jalen Hurts with the Philadelphia Eagles. And, of course, we're talking about A.J. Brown. He had 11 touchdowns last year, just shy of 1,500 receiving yards. Is it going to be more of the same for them? I believe so, and and it's it's a great situation right now in Philadelphia. Of course, yes, the Super Bowl loss, but this offense kept a ton of guys. That they're back to normal. A, a lot of the same players, a lot of the same options for Jalen Hurts. A top three finish at quarterback last year. Everything you would you would have asked at the start of the season, even with all the question marks about Jalen Hurts and was he going to be the starter. Was Philly going to keep him as a franchise quarterback? You got your answer very quickly. They add a running back in DeAndre Swift now um, from Detroit. And it's interesting because Swift had less than 100 carries last year. And he finished with the 23rd most fantasy points of running backs. That's pretty ridiculous considering a bulk of those running backs ahead of him just rack up 100, 150, maybe 200 carries throughout the season. Um, it's going to be a crowded backfield, though, in Philadelphia. I do think Swift's going to get the edge. However, they keep Boston Scott. They keep Kenneth Gainwell. They love those guys. And they even added Rashad Penny. 
So it's going to be crowded back there. But then you look at wide receiver, and I think it's another great season for A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. Both finished in the top 10 last season. They add Olamide Zacchaeus from Atlanta. They still have Quez Watkins, but the two guys at the top of the list are going to lead the show. Um, and then you look at tight end quickly. Goddard finished top 10 last year, but the touchdowns were non-existent. A lot of them went to the running backs, Jalen Hurts as well, uh, and then A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. So touchdown production from Goddard is something to look out for this year, and it, it might hurt his value just a tiny bit. Agree, and I think that it's, again, one of those buy-low guys. You know, you could probably get some good value for him in a dynasty perspective. Um, and he'll probably slip a little bit in redraft leagues just based on his points from last year. Um, and if, if he can score some of those touchdowns, I think he really steps into that top 10 and, and cements himself in there. Um, as we talk about the wide receivers, I think, again, it's going to be more of the same. A.J. Brown was just he was really, really good last year. Um, you know, there were a couple games there where he looked like he could be the best receiver in the league. Um like no questions asked. And so I think it's going to be more of the same. They're going to keep going to him, whether it's, you know, a short ball or a deep ball, he, he does it all. Uh, and then it's Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith was, took a really, really huge step last year, uh, cementing himself into one of those elite slot guys coming across the middle, uh, even when he's lined up out wide. And I think he's also going to be one of those, you know, one, two punches where he's going to go high in those drafts. And so, He's one of those guys that I would target if you're in a redraft league. As far as Jalen Hurts goes, I mean, heading into last year, it's really funny. We thought that he wasn't even going to be the quarterback this year. There were a lot of question marks of whether or not he can turn them around. And he silenced all the haters. He's one of the top quarterbacks right now. And he's probably going at that 2-3 turn in redraft leagues with Mahomes, with Allen this year. Uh, just in terms of the points scored, I think that that's where he belongs right now. And, you know, a year ago, he wasn't really, you know, people weren't really giving him the the respect that he deserved. And then we come to the running back position. And this is, again, the most interesting spot of this team. Uh, they bring in DeAndre Swift on a day two trade in the draft after the Lions go out and they make a trade. Uh, or they end up drafting Jameer Gibbs, uh, as we'll get to in a little bit as we head into the NFC North. And so they get rid of Swift, and, and he heads to the Eagles uh, after Miles Sanders leaves to go to Carolina. And then they also bring in Rashad Penny, and they add him to Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell. Swift, you know, his outlook is a little murky. He had the, you know, the worst of both worlds last year. He had Jamal Williams getting the goal line carries, and then he got hurt. He got hurt in week three. He missed a month. Uh, it ended up being four weeks with the bye week. And then he came back after the bye week. He had low low usage for the next five weeks after that because uh, he was apparently not at 100%. And then he still wasn't getting any goal line carries. And I don't know that he's going to really get goal line carries now. Uh, Rashad Penny, he's an elite rusher. And so, you know, on 14... 14 career touchdowns for Rashad Penny. 11 of them came on 10-yard-plus plays. Seven of those were 30-yard-plus plays. So I think that they're really going to lean into Penny, and they're going to try to use Swift a little more in the passing game. But but the Eagles finished dead last in running back targets last year, 
And so, you know, can they improve on that? Of course, because you can always improve from being the last team. But at the same time, I'm not sure how much they're going to lean into uh, passing to the running back, especially when they have those pass catchers that we listed, Devonta Smith, A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard. So it's a little murky for Swift. You know, not quite sure how he'll do, but, you know, we'll see, obviously. Yeah, and just to finish off on that, I mean, obviously Swift owners are, are begging for a good system, begging for him to get touchdowns. Of course, Jamal Williams, like you said, took them all last year. Um, but then he's in a situation where it's just very crowded. And, and of course, talent-wise, you would have to say in that Philly backfield, he's the top guy. I mean, there's there's no doubt he's the number one player in that backfield. However, Philly runs an offense where four different running backs can can get 10 carries a game. It's it's unbelievable, as well as Jalen Hurts, his rushing ability. So I think that takes away from Swift a lot. Um, it, it's definitely interesting looking at it right now, um, how Swift can pan out in Philly. Now, if you have him in Dynasty, I wouldn't go panic selling him. Um, but, you know, you're going to have some guys that are going to try to buy low on him. So beware of that. Um, you know, don't sell him for nothing, yep. you know, is what I would advise. Yeah, I agree. So that wraps up the NFC East. And now we're going to head to the NFC North. And we start with the biggest story in the NFC North, which is that Aaron Rodgers is no longer playing in the NFC North, which is, you know, nuts after so many years uh, of being there with the Packers. And, you know, we really thought that this could be the end. You know, he walked off the field. He gives a hug to Randall Cobb. And we think maybe he's riding out into the sunset. And instead, he ends up in New York with the Jets. And Jordan Love all of a sudden is quarterback one and thrust into the same position that Aaron Rodgers was in 15 years ago. And so, Jordan Love, what is your outlook on him as we go through the Green Bay Packers? I think it's going to be a very troubling season for the Green Bay Packers, to say the least. Of course, Jordan Love has gotten a little bit of experience, but not much. Um, only a couple games here and there for, for Green Bay. Obviously, he has the offseason now to try and fit in into LaFleur's system, um, but it's not going to be easy, and I think it's going to take time. Um, his development, I think, towards the end of the year, maybe it, it'll get better, but for the start of the year, it's it's really not looking good for, for Jordan Love. I would say he's probably at the back end of, of the QB1s in the NFL right now. Um, but you look at the running backs and it's quite interesting because Aaron Jones finished just outside the top 10 at the end of last season. AJ Dillon finished just outside the top 25 at the end of last season. They're going to take carries away from each other. And it's just going to be like that always. Um, as long as the two of them are there and, and as a duo, of course, Dillon is, is the power running back. You're going to want him on goal line situations. However, there were a lot of goal line situations where Aaron Jones just stayed in the game and they gave him a touchdown. That was something last year that you didn't really see the season before that. It was mainly, okay, Dylan's going to gonna get the short yardage or, or, or the goal line situations. But Aaron Jones got his opportunities and finished outside uh, the top 10, just outside it. So you're, you're happy with that from Aaron Jones, especially with Dylan in the backfield with him. Christian Watson, it's very – it's unbelievable what he was able to do last season just based on 
he did not get a ton of volume compared to a lot of other wide receiver ones. And of course, he wasn't the wide receiver one in Green Bay. Alan Lazard was was the number one guy. But Christian Watson, with 41 receptions, finished just outside the top 25. I think he finished actually at number 25 for wide receivers. Ridiculous numbers. And that's based on the touchdowns. A lot of touchdowns and with not a ton of volume. And, and I mean, it works out for fantasy owners. That's exactly what you would want. He's going to be the number one guy. He's, he's the number one option for Jordan Love heading into this year. Of course, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed, they drafted. Um, they're going to throw them in there and, and give them targets here and there. But it's going to be the Christian Watson show uh, from wide receiver. And they also have two rookie tight ends, Tucker Craft and, and Luke Musgrave. Musgrave's most likely going to be the guy. Of course, Josiah Deguara is also there. He's back for another year for Green Bay. It's quite interesting. I don't think it's going to be a good year for, for Green Bay. I think it's going to be a great year to be an Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon fantasy owner. Yeah, I totally agree on that. I really think that they're going to lean into the run this year. Aaron Jones, again, you know, he was at first the guy. And then towards the end of the year, you kind of saw that 50-50 split right down the middle in terms of carries. And so A.J. Dillon, you know, he was rated so high. Guys were taking him in the fifth, sixth round in redraft. And then they were like, this guy's the bust. And then, you know, five games of five of the last six games he played, he scored six touchdowns in five of those games. And so for me, A.J. Dillon takes a big step forward. And then Aaron Jones, of course, they're going to lean on him. Uh, and yeah, don't be surprised if as they get closer to the goal line, they just leave Aaron Jones in because, you know, they're running and running and running. And he's like, I don't need a breather. He just gets in there and, and keeps going. Uh, so I think it's going to be, you know, those two guys are your two-headed monster. And then when we come to pass catchers, yeah, it was interesting to see how Aaron Rodgers worked with Christian Watson, worked with Romeo Dobbs. This year, you have Jordan Love and a whole bunch of first and second year players. So that's what I'm really interested to see as they have Watson, Dobbs, Jaden Reed, and then you mentioned the two tight ends. And so for me, it's about how do they mesh together as first and second year players uh, just as a wide receiver core uh, and a tight end core. And so Watson, yes, I think he had a really good year. I think he's going to take another step forward because they're going to lean on him a little bit more uh, just because they they saw the consistency in him. And then Dobbs really proved himself. And so I think Dobbs continues to take a step forward as well. We'll see how they can mix Jaden Reed in. Um, but then, you know, you got Dontavian Wicks and then, you know, Luke Musgrave also. I'm kind of interested to see how they replace Big Bob Tanyan uh, out there at tight end. You know, they really like their tight ends in Green Bay. And so how they utilize not only him, but also Tucker Craft. And so it should be pretty interesting to see how Jordan Love takes that step, especially with a very, very small sample size, as you mentioned. Uh, where do you see him going in draft leagues? In in redrafts? redrafts? I, I mean, I think he's just... I, I, people might not even draft him uh, at this point. He, he's, he's on the edge of being a backup uh, on redraft uh, teams, uh, maybe even a third quarterback on a team. Just, I don't think the production is going to be that big this year. Maybe in next year, maybe the year after, if he, if he settles in. But I, I haven't seen enough. There's not a big sample size of seeing Jordan Love um, 
And in this offense where they, they focus a lot on the running backs, I don't think he's going to get a ton of fantasy production. Yeah, I agree. And I think that, you know, he's right now probably a low end quarterback too, uh, with the potential that he, you know, raises up towards that, that mid to higher level quarterback too, but I'm not sure that he's going to be a quarterback one this year. Of course, you know, freezing, freezing cold takes, uh, and we'll see about that in, in a couple months. Um, but for me, I think that he'll probably end up in that quarterback two range. I completely agree. All right. So we head to Detroit uh, where they took Jameer Gibbs with the 12th pick. And we spoke a lot about that last week uh, about that one, two punch with Gibbs and Montgomery. And then, you know, they have their pass catchers who are pretty well proven, but they're going to be missing one of them for six games. Yeah, they're going to be without Jamison Williams uh, for the start of the season. He's suspended. Um, but looking at, we'll start at quarterback, and, and Jared Goff obviously flew past expectations a, a season ago. Of course, a lot of people were, were maybe doubting that his, his career was going to keep going. Um, of course, his struggles uh, towards the end of his career in L.A. and then gets another shot in Detroit in the Matthew Stafford trade. But he finished top 10 among quarterbacks. Jared Goff, that guy, he he finished top 10. Um, it's just a great season for him overall. Of course, they drafted Hendon Hooker. That's a project for the future right behind him. Um, once Jared Goff, the age gets up there, maybe Hendon Hooker will, will start to take over. But for this season, Jared Goff's the guy at quarterback for, for Detroit. They have a lot of trust in him. You look at the running backs. Jameer Gibbs, I think, is going to be the number one guy. However, David Montgomery is going to get a lot of touches. They showed that last season with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. We, we talked about that before. David Montgomery, most likely going to get the goal line carries. Jameer Gibbs will be uh, the guy out of the backfield and, and get a fair amount of targets on checkdowns. Um, I also think he's going to be the first down guy. I do think that. I think he, get, he has a lot of explosiveness that Detroit's going to want to take advantage of. So they're going to, it's going to be a duo this year. It's, it's a bit of a project. Maybe next season, Jameer Gibbs will step up. Um, but for dynasty owners, you, you want them on your team. You, you definitely want Jameer Gibbs. Of course, the explosiveness uh, that he showed at Alabama, it, it definitely stands out. One of the top running backs, of course, in the draft. You look at wide receiver, Amonra St. Brown finished top 10 last year. Um, a, a great season once again. He's the number one guy there, but they do have options around him. Of course, Josh Reynolds, Khalif Raymond, two guys that that stepped up last season right behind him. GJ, DJ Chark had a, had a good season towards the end of, of the year, but they replaced DJ Chark with Marvin Jones, another reliable target for Jared Goff. Um, so the wide receiver room, right after Amon Ra, you can really go with anybody, Jones, Reynolds, Raymond and and then as long as Jamison Williams is out, uh, all of those guys will step up for now. The guy I'm I'm really looking at an interesting guy, Sam Laporta, um, the rookie tight end. Of course, T.J. Hawkinson, while he was in Detroit, got a lot of targets. Um, I think Sam Laporta is in a in a real good spot right now. He's he's going to be the number one guy you would think coming in. Uh, a, a definitely a sleeper to to look out for in Sam Laporta. Yeah, and it's funny that you say Laporta because I, I literally pulled my pen out. Our, you know, the guys in our league are definitely going to be like taking notes that oh, yeah. Sam Laporta is definitely 
the sleeper uh, to take uh, of this division, I would even say. I think he's going to have a really big first year. Uh, Jared Goff, though, big, big step forward for him. Uh, he finished in the quarterback 10 slot four weeks. He was in the top five. Uh, and so for me, Jared Goff, another good step forward this year. And I think he'll be in the top 10 of quarterbacks again. Um, Jameson Williams, he'll miss the six games. But at the same time, when he when he comes back, you can't deny that talent. So he's probably he'll slip in your draft just based on the six six uh, week suspension. But at the same time, I would take him in the mid rounds just because I can't deny the talent. Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, we just spoke about him and. You know, again, the talent, you can't deny it. He had a really, really good year last year. And I think that when Jamison Williams comes back and he plays, it'll actually free up some room for Amonra. So, you know, after that, I'm not sure that the wide receivers are going to do much. You know, Josh Reynolds threw in a game here and there. Marvin Jones as well. Uh, those are probably your waiver guys or late round flyers. But then there's the running backs. And you just kind of mentioned it with Gibbs and Montgomery. I really think that Montgomery is going to be the Jamal Williams role. Just have a feeling that that's what it's going to be. He was a between the tackles runner in Chicago, and they really, really leaned into that. And then Gibbs, they kind of, everybody kept saying Kamara and, you know, Dalvin Cook. And so I think that he'll probably be that pass catcher. He'll be that first down running back, just as you mentioned. Um, but I'm not sure he's going to have the amazing value in the first year, he'll have good value. Don't get me wrong. He's going to score touchdowns and it'll be that, you know, that, that mid to high tier running back too. But, you know, he's not going to be a running back one. I don't think right out of the gate, just based on the Montgomery role. However, yes, you spoke dynasty. He's still valued very highly because, you know, eventually Montgomery, it's going to catch up to him. He kind of dealt with injuries a little bit last year. And so, you know, in the, in those couple weeks, Gibbs will be a monster and you know that. Uh, and then, you know, how much longer does Montgomery have? We're not really sure just based on, you know, his legs kind of got banged up a bit last year and, and the year prior to that. And so, yeah, in terms of dynasty, like Gibbs is Gibbs is your guy. Like they didn't pick him at 12 so he could sit at the end of the bench. He'll be in there and scoring a lot of their touchdowns, but yeah, mark it down. Sam Laporta, he's the guy to watch on this team. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and Gibbs in, in dynasty, probably, um, top four, I would say. Um, I, I think that's probably the lowest you should take him for. Uh, that's how good he's going to be. And, and he's going to be a, a real star in the future. I think. Yeah, totally agree. All right. We move on to Chicago where their quarterback was also in an interesting situation where he had a lot of haters and he lived up to that expectations and, you know, running for 1100 yards, eight touchdowns, Seven point yard, seven point one yards per carry. That led the league. It's Justin Fields, and Zach, you're a happy Justin Fields owner in Dynasty. I am so happy to have Justin Fields on my team. I mean, this guy was ridiculous last season. Finished sixth among quarterbacks in fantasy. I think it's going to be another great year for Justin Fields. So in redraft leagues. I think a guy to watch out for to probably be even your QB one is Justin Fields. Of course, he's not going to be the, the top level with the Mahomes and the Allens and maybe even the Herberts. It It's not going to be that, but I do think just past them, 
is Justin Fields, just based on the the ability to run. Um, he gets out of the pocket very easily. You saw the speed that he showed uh, with Chicago last season. This is a guy to look out for. He's going to have another great year. Um, and they, they've done a good job of, of getting guys around him. Of course, the, the top running back right now, I think, is Khalil Herbert. But Roshan Johnson, the rookie, he, he can come in. Of course, some experience in Donta Foreman, uh, as well as Travis Homer from Seattle. They have some good running backs around him, but I, I do think Fields is, is the top running back. He's the guy. Um, they're going to give him a lot of carries, and, and he's going to run out of the pocket and, and get you a lot of fantasy points. Looking at wide receiver, quite interesting because they added some names. Of course, DJ Moore um, in the trade where they traded down from the number one pick. They grabbed DJ Moore. He's, he's going to be the guy. He, he had a great season uh, towards the end of last year. A, a slow start but finished off really, really strong, ended up finishing 20th among wide receivers in fantasy. And, and it's quite an interesting wide receiver room with Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool right behind DJ Moore. Of course, Equinemius St. Brown is, is there too, but I think I would probably say more than Mooney than Claypool, and Claypool is probably going to be the guy in the slot. I think they're going to switch off with DJ Moore on the outside and, and Claypool in the slot. So that's something to look out for. Tight end is an, is another interesting one. I am one of those people that Cole Komet really hurt me. And I might be, he might be on the no draft list forever for me in uh, just a terrible season. <laughs> and it was, it was not his fault. It was just the, it was just Justin Fields couldn't get the, couldn't get the ball to him very easily. Um, and the checkdowns just weren't there. So I, I would probably keep Cole Komet off my list. But Bob Tanyan, Bob Tanyan goes from Green Bay to uh, Chicago and, and he gives Justin Fields another option. But a ton of weapons for Justin Fields. Draft him, draft him in, in redraft leagues. So with me, it's interesting with the Bears. Obviously, we talk about the high upside that Justin Fields had. And again, we just mentioned 7.1 yards per carry. That led the league. And, you know, the eight touchdowns for running. And so there's, of course, the upside. He's probably, like you said, he won't be that 2-3 turn, but he's going to be that next group of quarterbacks that goes. Um, and he might even be one of the first guys that's, that's off of that list. You can make the argument with the rushing upside that he is that next guy. Um, but they went out and they got him a weapon. They got DJ Moore and DJ Moore loves to, loves to go deep. Uh, everyone jumped off the DJ Moore train last year and, you know, rightfully so, but at the same time, you know, the guy was still fourth in, in deep targets for the entire league. I think that they look to utilize that and his deep threat. Cole Komet, we talked about, or you just talked about how he's on the do not draft list. He was still tight end eight. So you know, yes and no. He he was a very, very big swing and miss for most of the season. Uh, he came around towards the very late stretch of the season and scored some touchdowns to get his numbers up. But, yeah, I'm not sure how much of an impact he's going to make. But we just spoke about the Packers and Big Bob Tanyan's there. So I think some of those touchdowns go to Big Bob Tanyan. And so he might, for me, be one of those late-round flyers. If you're looking for, like, that second tight end, uh, on your team. 
And then as far as Chase Claypool, I just looked at it. 11 games last year that he had six or more targets. And I don't know that that's going to stay up. But at the same time, I still think he's going to get his fair share of targets. So if you have him in Dynasty, hold on to him. I think his value is right about the same, but it'll probably go up, I would guess, because I think he's going to score some more touchdowns than he did last year. And then as far as the depth, I mean, you know, you have Equinemius St. Brown, Pettis, some of those guys, you know, maybe maybe keep an eye on, on some of those guys as, you know, Justin Fields kind of does his thing. And, you know, maybe you take one of those guys on waivers. As far as the running back situation goes, it's a little crowded. But at the same time, I think it's Khalil Herbert's job to lose. I think Roshan Johnson's going to contribute as well. He's B. John Robinson's backup. You don't get this much hype as a backup coming out of college if you're not good. This guy really is a good running back. And so look for him to try to make an impact. And, you know, we could end up seeing kind of that Aaron Jones AJ Dillon split, you know, right up the middle where it's 50, 50 in carries. And we could see that same kind of a thing in, in Chicago. And just one quick word on Claypool. Uh, obviously uh, has not been the start of his career that, that he really wanted. He had a couple of good seasons in Pittsburgh, um, but he's still young. You have a lot of time. You hold on to him. Um, and, and Justin Fields, we don't really know what, with passing option, who's going to be that, that go-to guy. It, most likely is going to be DJ Moore, but who's the guy after that? That's a big question mark. Claypool, Mooney, Komet, Tanya. Like after DJ Moore, there's a lot of options for for Justin Fields. Hold on to Claypool though; he he can definitely stand out this year. Yeah, and it's another guy that you can buy low again if you have him in dynasty. You know, last year he played seven games for the Bears and he didn't have a touchdown. So there's a lot of guys that are not high in him. He only had 14 catches on 29 targets. For 140 yards, no touchdowns. And so, you know, again, that's a that's a potential buy low target for me, at least, and a guy that could take a, a big step forward. Yeah, completely agree. All right. So we head to our last team, the Minnesota Vikings. Last week we spoke about the running back situation with Dalvin and Alexander Madison, but let's talk more about the pass catchers that they have. Yeah. Uh, and well, looking at uh, wide receivers right now, uh, it it's it's different because Adam Thielen's not there, but it's really not because Jordan Addison's going to take that spot. Uh, you would think, of course, KJ Osborne's probably going to move up the depth chart um, a little bit. Uh, I think Addison's probably three right now, just based on Kirk Cousins knows KJ Osborne and he knows Justin Jefferson. So those two are going to be the the two guys to start off. Of course, they have Jalen Rager as well. He'll get some targets uh, as a wideout as well. Um, looking at the running backs, of course, Madison right now, it, it looks like it's going to be his job if, if Dalvin's no longer there. I don't think too much after that um, in this Minnesota backfield. I think it's just going to be Madison at that point. Kirk Cousins, he, I, I want to give him full credit for what he did last season. He finished quarterback seven. I think a lot of credit has to go to Justin Jefferson. He just threw the ball to Justin Jefferson, and, and Jefferson ran 80 yards down the field. And, and oh, well, there you go. There's the points for Kirk Cousins. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with, with Justin Jefferson. But I will give Kirk Cousins his credit. 
a lot of pass attempts. If you throw the ball a lot, you're going to get production. He threw it 643 times. That's five less than Patrick Mahomes, and we know how much he throws the ball. Kirk Cousins is, I feel like Matt Ryan a couple of years ago was, was he just gave you maybe two touchdowns and a pick every game. I feel like Kirk Cousins is kind of taking that job. You, you know what you're going to get from him, and it's a bonus uh, if, if Justin Jefferson runs 70 yards down the field. Lastly, I'm going to look at tight end. It's TJ Hawkinson. That's the guy. I think he's going to end up being a top five tight end uh, this year because of how much Kirk Cousins is going to want to rely on him. Uh, and he's that guy. Uh, they, they gave up a lot to get him. They're going to they're going to make that worth it. And Hawkinson, I, I have him definitely top five this year. Yeah, with Hawkinson, you take a look. He played seven games for the Lions last year. He had 43 targets. He played 10 games for Minnesota. He had 86 targets. So huge target share upgrade. And of course, you go from having 26 catches in that seven game span with the Lions to having 60 catches in that 10 game span with the Minnesota Vikings. So I really think that Hawkinson, he'll be the top five tight end. I think that he's going to really, really take a huge step forward, having a full season in the Minnesota system. And we talk about the receivers they have. Not only do they have Jefferson, but they add Addison as well. He's put himself in a really good situation where he got drafted. So I really think that he's going to have a good impact. Again, one of those mid-round guys that you could probably target in redraft. Uh, one of those middle middle of the first round guys in a dynasty um, and if you're, or in a super flex dynasty and towards the top of the list, if you're in a one quarterback dynasty draft, and then we talk about, you know, Jalen Rieger, who's on the team as well, but I really think KJ Osborne is going to take a big step forward for them. And, you know, they need that third option and they kind of had it with Thielen and now Thielen's not there. And so you would figure that KJ Osborne's probably going to get a lot of work. So another late round flyer that I would be looking at in my league. And then it's the running back situation, which, you know, we just kind of spoke about last week towards the end of the episode. Go check that one out if you haven't already, but Dalvin cook, you know, will he be cut? Won't he be cut? If he stays there, then I think it's, you know, they're going to lean into him. I think that that Dalvin will be Dalvin. I don't think that owners should be scared. However, there's that little creeping bit of doubt that they might get rid of him and, you know, cut him or trade him. And if that's the case, then look out for Alex Madison. I think that, you know, we've seen what he can do in the weeks that Dalvin wasn't there. Even the weeks that Dalvin came back with the shoulder brace and, you know, couldn't exactly get it right. They would put Madison in there and he would just get the bulk of the work. Um, you know, those first couple of weeks after returning from injury. And so for me, I think Madison, you know, listen, they, they updated their Twitter headers. And they had Kirk Cousins, they had Justin Jefferson, they had you know Jordan Addison or TJ Hawkinson, and then there was Alex Madison on there with no Dalvin Cook. So obviously they have some high expectations for him this year. They wouldn't be promoting him as heavily in the branding without promoting Dalvin if they didn't think that he was going to have a huge impact this year. So you know it's a guy to really look at. And you know where for you would you say that he probably ranks among running backs? If, if Dalvin is not there, of course. Madison, you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I'd probably put him 
on the edge of of probably top 10. He's he's he could be on either side, but he's right in that that area 8 to 12. He's right yeah. in that area just based on I think he's he's not too high because of of how many options um Kirk Cousins has in in Hawkinson and Jefferson. It's not going to just be Alexander Madison. However, he's going to get a ton of carries and and he's going to he's not going to be lower lower than 15. He's he's probably going to be 8 to 12 range, I would say. Yeah, we play in a few different redraft leagues. One of our leagues loves loves running backs way more than any other position and and so there's an early run on running backs don't be the guy who takes them in the second round like just don't do that i I don't know that that would be a smart thing but i do agree that when he does when it's all said and done he could finish in that top 10 or very very well close to it at least in the top 15 definitely for me yeah i agree with you the one last word i have on minnesota um Obviously, Jefferson's the number one option. I would say Hawkinson's number two. I don't think there's much of a difference between Addison and Osborne. I think both of them are going to be pretty level. Um, and we saw that last year with with Adam Thielen and, and KJ Osborne. KJ Osborne had ten less receptions than than Adam Thielen. That was it. I mean, it's a very small margin. Had one less touchdown than Adam Thielen. So I think it's going to be the, those two guys, KJ Osborne and, and Jordan Addison. I wouldn't go too high on them. I wouldn't reach on on one of them really because I think this year especially, it's it's just going to go back and forth between those two. And the last word for me, as we talk about Kirk Cousins, don't sleep on him. I know every single year that everybody kind of looks at Kirk Cousins and they're like, ah, don't do that. He's a really good quarterback. He's been in the top 10 before in his career in terms of fantasy finishes. And, you know, he has the ability to always be right around there as well. So especially if you're in a super flex, make sure that you grab him. He might not be your quarterback one, but he's a really good quarterback too. Yeah, completely agree. And and I got to definitely look out for as long as Justin Jefferson is his number one wide receiver. Of course, of course. So just lastly, you know, we talked Jefferson and we're just going to talk, you know, next week about the AFC East and, you know, the AFC North, as we'll then, you know, counter with the South and the West uh, in the following two weeks for the NFC and then the AFC. But just in terms of Jefferson, is he your number one receiver in both formats, redraft and in Dynasty? He has to be. I, I think he it definitely is there just based on. Cooper Cup's going to give him competition, but Cooper Cup obviously had injuries. Um, as long as right now Jefferson's been healthy, he's got to be the number one guy. He had 1,800 yards last year, and obviously not a ton of touchdowns, only had eight of them, but the yards just made it it's so easy for him to get fantasy points. He would just run down the field, and it was very, very easy for him. 20-plus yard plays, 49 of them. He led wide receivers. Yeah, and I think that we talked a little bit about it last week. Just the floor, you're getting 20 points every week from him. It's like having a quarterback in there. And so, yeah, I would say that I would I would put Jefferson as, as the number one receiver in both Dynasty and in redraft. And you can even argue that in one of those leagues where the wide receiver is valued high, that he could be the number one overall pick in a redraft league. Yeah, I mean, if 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 you like him that much, 
And I mean, nobody's going to really argue with that. I, I, you definitely, it, you're going to either pick a running back or a wide receiver. Jefferson could be the number one pick definitely in, in redraft leagues and, and a guy to look out for, because I think it's just going to be the same as last year. Yeah. And it, it should be interesting to see as, as we get closer to training camp, we will give some rankings. We'll go position by position and give our, our top 20 or top 30 rankings. Um, but until next week, when we go through the AFC East and the AFC North, uh, it's been episode two in the books. Episode two in the books. Can't wait for episode three. Make sure to make sure for that. Third round reversal, the fantasy football podcast. See you guys next week.